back in town indeed. Back in the wind. Victory indeed. Victory Tuesday for the second week in a row. I don't know what to do with my hands. It's boys will be boys. Andy Catelli, Ben Walker, how you doing? Doing Gucci, my man. We um, are back to above 500, my man. So like my that. outlook on life is above 500. There so. you go. There you go. Dude, the, uh, my, my predictions are doing well lately. Mm-hmm. I've been accurate. I've been close. The Obviously, we haven't been playing uh, top-tier competition, but I'll take it. You can only play who's on your schedule, Goat. That's what they all say. This is true. And for yet another week, the Cowboys' playoff hopes remain alive. A candle in the darkness. Yeah, you know, those Giant fans really came out and supported old Eli, didn't they? I saw a nice ah, man and big half full nice, stadium nice with, a, innovation. Yeah. With, a, with a lot of Cowboy fans there. You know, it's almost like and uh, it's almost like man. Eli had had a really bad season, and everyone just kind of decided that it was still a bad thing that he got benched. I'll tell you what the before the game, I was watching NFL Network's pregame show, and I don't know which guy it was. I don't know his name, but he was wearing a Giants T-shirt over a button-down shirt, which is atrocious and a capital offense, in my opinion. Anyway. But he his prediction for the game was that Eli was going to have 400 yards passing and four hmm. touchdowns. Huh. How'd that Fell work out? a little out? bit short. How'd that uh, work Eli out? came up a tad short. Uh, he did not have four touchdowns. Uh, he did have two interceptions. So he was trying. He was trying to force something. Yeah. Um, you know, there, was, there were some uh, thoughts. I even echoed it that uh, his return and the firing of Ben McAdoodle do would spark a little bit something in the Giants, and we really just didn't see that. That's not to say that this game was never in doubt. Um, no, yeah, no, we it, let him. We let him stay in this one. That's for sure. They certainly didn't come out with their hair on fire for Eli. I'll say that, and he missed some throws. And, uh, you know, overall it was a, it was a messy game to begin. And and like I said, we got a, we'll get into it. Everybody. We have a, we have a lot on the schedule today. We will review, uh, our, our victory as we always do. We will take a updated look at the playoff picture. And if our chances got any better or worse, goat. And as always, we will preview the upcoming spout, which this week will be the Oakland Raiders. So go. Why don't you get us started, man? Where were you? Uh, where were you watching this one from? Were you were you back in front of the television? I was. I was. I was at home. Uh, I had some friends over uh, to watch the game. The Cowboys neon sign was on. Um, you know, I came in feeling pretty good. Um, Do you have the lucky you know, polo on, or is it? I did not. I've been, I've reti- since retired the lucky polo because it was not being lucky. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've taken to just wearing a plain T-shirt during the games. Um, I don't know what the voodoo is surrounding that, but you know how I am. I'm a little superstitious, so I, I you know, I do what works. Uh, what about you? Were, were you watching uh, with the fam? Um, I was watching with friend of the pod, old old high school friend Webb Clark. Um, 
Very nice. He was at my my place. It was just me and him. Um, my other roommate Tim was was at a uh, Christmas party. Had to miss the boys. Mm, poor timing. Mm. And uh, so it was just just us watching. And uh, you know, we 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 suffered through the beginnings, but we never lost faith, and that's that's important. Yeah, and you know, this was a game where the Cowboys did not. We did not come out firing on all cylinders. We did not, you know, it wasn't like the Giants didn't have their chances. Um, as per usual, the game, uh, we've come out firing on cylinders. No, no there's not. Um, yeah, the Cowboys, we got the ball to start. Uh, familiar story here. Um, but we did not go three and out. We actually had a pretty decent first drive up until the end. Out, And we just ran the ball quite a bit. The first uh, three plays were all... Well, I'll say this. The first play was a passing play um, just to a, a running back. Went to Morris out of the backfield. We ran the ball twice. Um, Dak was was finding targets. He was just kind of getting those easy completions, scrambling a little bit. Um, he tried one deep pass uh, to Terrence Williams. Um, got a roughing the passer call. Um, so that moved us down into the red zone. Um, and I'll say this, man. I was, I was a little disappointed. Um, you know, we... We're on the 15, first and 10 on the 15, and Morris busts off a nine-yard run around the end. Um, mm-hmm. We hand it to him again. He goes for two yards, so it's now first and goal on the four. Um, Morris runs for one yard. And then after that, two straight passing plays, uh, both incomplete to Terrence Williams. Um, can't say I agree with that, both from a play-calling perspective and a targeting perspective on Dak's part. Um you know, you're on the three yard line. You've got Jason Witten there. You've got Cole Beasley out there. Hell, you got Des Bryant out there, and you're just trying to force the ball to Terrence Williams. You know, I'm not out there playing quarterback. I don't know what he sees, but it didn't end well. We end up, you know, getting three points out of the deal. You know, what'd you see on this first drive, Ben? Yeah, it was positive in the sense that we were moving the ball, um, converted a few third downs, which is always nice to see. Uh, came out with the usual game plan, which is just pound the rock. Alf looks good from the get-go, and I've really liked what I've seen out of him, Andy. I know the offense has really sputtered since Zeke's absence and Tyrone Smith missing a few games, but you have to say through all of that, Alfred Morris has looked pretty good, and I don't know if that's teams are letting Most him. Definitely. The O-line's giving him enough holes, but I, I like the way he runs. You know, he he doesn't have the the home run threat or burst, of course, of Zeke, but he's got good vision, man. I mean, he can make a – if there's five yards there, he's going to get it. You know what I mean? He, he cuts on a words. dime. He runs angry, which I like. Um, he has that similar running style to Zeke in many ways, um, and he has done an absolutely outstanding job of coming in, kind of the next man up uh, philosophy that Jason Garrett preaches all the time. Um, he looked he looked great. Um, he he didn't end up being the guy with the big stats. We'll we'll talk a little bit about the kind of surprise uh, debut of Rod Smith in this game, but um, you know he was very very reliable in this game. Um, just you know getting us the five yards and six yards, seven yards when we needed him. So big ups to Mr. Morris. Um, unfortunately, we we just kind of didn't put the ball in his hands once we got inside the three yard line. Um, yeah. I, I didn't like that. You, you can't you can't leave points on the board, but like I said, what we had seen from the offense to begin games, you know, it was it was at least um, an improvement there. So agreed, agreed. So the Giants get the ball, and obviously Eli Manning comes out. He gets a standing ovation from a very upset New York crowd. 
Um, and, and, you know, this is when everyone's waiting to see. They're, they're going, is this going to be, you know, is Eli going to come out here and ball? Um, on the first play from scrimmage, uh, Orleans Darkwell gets one yard, and then Hitchens actually forces a fumble. It was a great play by Hitchens. Unfortunately, just kind of a bad bounce of the ball. It just went right into Eric Flowers' hands. Um, and so, it, you know, a potential turnover, we don't get it, but it's a good start. Um, the Giants then just kind of pick and pop their way down the field. They're getting some some running plays. They get them five or six yards. They're getting some four or five-yard passes. Um, Dallas helps them out. There's a key third and one um, where Darkwood gets tackled five yards behind the line, but Crawford lined up offsides, um, which was a problem we had more than once in this game. Really, really tough to see. Um, the And it actually happened twice on this uh, drive. Um, we have a defensive offsides on third and one of the Dallas 48. And then uh, Lawrence lining up in the neutral zone on third and nine at the Dallas 41, which then turned that into a third and four. Eli Manning was able to get 11 yards on that play. Um, they got all the way down to the 13. Um, and they, that was as close as they would get. Um, they got a holding penalty, which obviously, you know, we've only had eight all year uh, go in our favor. Um, this, you know, the next, the second place is, has 16. So we have half as many as the second place team. Um, conspiracy, tinfoil hat. Um, Dare Marcus Lawrence is right there with you. I don't know if you heard his post. Oh, rant. I did. Uh, that boy's about to catch a fat fine. Like, I saw the oh, NFL yeah. sent out a, a memo to the, all the teams being like, do not shit on the refs. Like, within 10 minutes of him shitting all over the refs. Um, so that's probably not a good sign, but no, hey, I agree um, with the guy. I have to question New York here, to be honest. Uh, I, you know, we, we talked about the Giants. They're 2-10 and 10 this year. You know, if you look back at any of their games or listen to any of our pod or, hell, if you read anything coming out of New York, it's been all negative this year. They had to fire their coach um, midseason for the first time in their franchise history. Uh, Eli's looked bad. They've lost Odell Beckham. Brandon Marshall was a bust, and then he, uh, of course, got injured as well. So it's just been a terrible season for them. That being said, I, I really thought once they got rid of McAdoo that they would be, hell, just go for it this game, right? What do you have to lose at this point? Right. Um, so you mentioned that holding call that gets them backed up. So now they're at a first and 23. Their next three play calls, Andy, are a run to Orleans Darkwa, a run to Shane Vereen, and then they get a false start, but uh, – oh, sorry. No, it was Darkwood, Darkwood, and then Shane Vereen, and they got the false start on the field goal. So I don't know about that. Three run plays when you're trying to beat a division rival. I just thought – I really thought when you look at this game and, and you get to certain points that there's just some head-scratching decisions by New York. Uh, not to say that we didn't play well, especially in the fourth – well, really only the fourth quarter – but I don't know. If you're New York there, why not go for the win? Why not step on Agreed. the road of your division rival? Um, it's Eli's first game back, and you're going to run three straight balls in the red zone? I don't know. I, there's a lot of moments like that I found puzzling. But nonetheless, uh, that's what they do. Um, they hit a 39-yard field goal, and we're tied at three. So it's three all. And this next drive, man, this is the one, dude, where I was I was really – this is the low point of the game emotionally for me. Um if I could distill everything that's been bad about this season into one drive, this this is the drive. 
Um, so the Cowboys get the ball um, on their own 30, and Morris runs for seven yards right off the bat. We're like, perfect. Um, Dak scrambles up the middle for eight, uh, and then he hits a beautiful pass to James Hanna for 16 yards. And this is the best ball I've seen Dak throw in a while. It's a yeah. like, it was right on the money. It was perfect throw, t- timed really well. He was under pressure. Um, and I'm thinking, okay, we, we, Dak's really looking sharp today. Um, next play, Alf bangs off uh, four more yards. And then on the 35-yard line, second and six, Dak throws a ball that Dez gets a little bit of separation, like right outside the end zone. And this ball goes between Dez Bryant's hands and hits him in the face mask. And it was like hard to believe when it happened. But man, I was blown away. That's a ball that three years ago is beyond 100%. Dez catches that 110% of the time. No, that's a touchdown. Um, he was he was open in every sense of the word. So, yeah, that terrible drop by Dez. But it, for sure. And it wasn't confined to Dez because on the next play, uh, <laughs> Dak throws it to Beasley. And Beasley, another super sure-handed guy who was – a 90-plus percent catch guy last year drops another one. And so Dak's, Dak only has like four, three or four incompletions at this point in the game, and two of them are horrible drops by probably our two most sure-handed receivers. And then on fourth and six from the 35-yard line, I know it's a 53-yarder, but Dan Bailey goes out there and clangs the upright. And I just... Dan Bailey had not missed a field goal or extra point all season. I don't know what. They said there was some wind swirling out there in New York, but. It did look like he was going dead down the center, and then it kind of curved at the end. But, man, you know, I'm glad. Upright. I mean, it's 53. You kind of give him that one, but it was certainly after basically two, one for sure first down and one for sure touchdown get dropped. And you miss the points after that really feels like a ball game that's about to get away from you. Absolutely. Um, In fact, so, Yoda, I have this, uh, this, this fun little thing I wanted to see uh, that I wanted to read for our listeners out there who think that you get the uh, level-headed Andy Gotelli, uh, the goat giving you reasonable analysis <laughs> on, on Tuesday. Let me just, let me give you an insight into oh, this man's mind. You can, read the text. Okay. you can read the text. They're funny. I'll give you that. They're funny. So this is this is just uh, this drive, since he's talking about receivers, is right when Dez drops that ball, I get a, what is wrong with Dez Bryant? And then followed by a, our receivers are fucking horrible. Awesome. We are going to lose this game. Just didn't come to play. God, we have to get a receiver in the draft. That's a high school level catch. Dak is turning a good game in, and our receiving core decided to shit the bed. I don't know if this team can win in the playoffs with no threat. And then that was just a little insight. He later sends me, you know, uh, a picture of a um, Keneal, uh, Nikhil Harry from Arizona State saying we need to draft this kid. So Goat was on full meltdown just after. It was a sweet highlight reel. The kid does look really <laughs> sick. He's 6'4". He's a sophomore, 10-touchdown guy. I still wouldn't mind getting this guy. But that's neither here nor there. You'll you'll have to wait until our offseason episode where we profile all the kids that we want to draft that we won't because the Cowboys never draft anyone we want to. So, no, yes, I wasn't full meltdown mode having watched Des Bryant. And let, let me point this out. That was not Des's first drop of the game. 
on the first drive. No, Dez he dropped, dropped on her. Very easy slant route that I was also upset about. So at this point, Dez has two targets, zero catches, two drops. Um, is bad. Yeah, and he's he's playing against. Uh, I think Janoris Jenkins is out, so he's playing against a corner that um, he later did. He's playing against a bum. He later did abuse him. We'll get to it. But yeah, he looked terrible to begin this game. At this point in the game, I was very, very nervous. He looked terrible. So we missed the field goal. We missed missed the field goal. Giants get the ball back. They get eight yards on the first play. And then we line up offsides again. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is just super terrible. We're screwed. Um, Luckily, uh, we do have Sean Lee out there who – let me just pause here and state that Sean Lee is a fucking man. Okay. This dude had 18 tackles this game and a pick 18 in the middle of the, I saw a tweet that in the middle of the giants first drive Hitchens and Lee had combined for 12 tackles through the first possession. Like these guys were destroying people. And I was going to continue to do this all game. And, and I mean this seriously, is Sean Lee the most valuable cowboy on this team? It could you could you would not be crazy to make that case. I've always he, just kind of put him you know up there. I mean, there's certainly a a lack of really everything on our defense when he's not there. I mean, people forget how to sack the quarterback. We get no turnovers. People run right down on our throat. Our third down conversion rate drops. Like it's astonishing the number of stats that Sean Lee directly affects playing one position. Yeah. He's, um, he's an and I don't know if some of that's coaching, but it's crazy, man. Like once again, you know, we get out of this game, you know, he's read off his stat line, 18 tackles, tackle for uh, two tackles for loss interception. Uh, you know, we held him again to a small amount of points and it's just crazy. When you go, I, I just don't, I don't get it. I love Sean Lee. Glad he's in the team, but, um, there's just something about when he's on the field, that defense plays with so much more swagger. Agreed. Agreed. So we forced the punt, um, and the Cowboys get the ball back in. This is the Cowboys offense we were worried about. Um, Rod Smith runs for five yards. Uh, Dak tries to throw to Noah Brown. That's incomplete. Why? Completes a, uh, yeah, no, yeah, no, no explanation from me on that one. Um, Third and five at the 25-yard line. Throws to Beasley for one yard, three and out. Uh, Cowboys punt. Um, and it would get a little scary from there because the, the Giants then proceed to pretty much walk down the field. Um, we have another de- – we have a defensive holding call on a run play during this defensive stand, which is – I mean, I I'm, I keep trying to balance it out and be like, man, I'm not going to be like this crazy Cowboys fan, but – I have never seen this minor of an incident get called holding on defense. That was a, that was a horseshit call. There's, just I'll just totally say horseshit call. Yeah. And I, I haven't followed quite goats tin, uh, uh, tinfoil hat. I give him some, some grief for, um, on calls, but that was just a bad, bad call went against us. Um, and giants never face a third down, uh, on that drive because of a goat. No, and they also get their, they also get their one, uh, pass long passing play longer than 20 yards on this drive. Um, just a totally busted coverage. I don't know who was supposed to cover Evan Ingram on this play, but they weren't there. Um, he ended up getting 35-yard completion uh, to Evan Ingram uh, before Jeff Heath could chase him down. Um, I'll say this, man. Jeff Heath had a good game. Uh, Jeff Heath had 10 tackles. Jeff Heath had a pick. Um, 
you know, Jeff Heath is quietly putting together a, a, the best season that I could have hoped for Jeff Heath to have. I saw someone say this in a, a post game comment, and I couldn't agree more. It was uh, Jeff Heath's turned in a really nice season, but God, I hope he doesn't start for us next year. Agreed, a hundred thousand percent agreed. <laughs> and I was like, that that perfectly summarizes like, my. He had a really good game, and I really hope he's not there next year. Like at least starting. Yep. So they they managed to just pretty much just dink and dunk their way down the field between penalties and a couple of plays. Um, they get down to the one. Uh, they run Darkwa up the middle, um, and he gets stopped. Then they run a play-action pass where – I don't know if you watched the replay of this pass play. The running back gets absolutely demolished by Lawrence. Tank just kills this guy. Um, lucky for the Giants, Eli kept the ball. Uh, he rolls out. He throws uh, to Rhett Ellison. Uh, I think he's you know kind of a minor backup tight end, um, and he he gets it in to the end zone, they score a touchdown. So it's 10 to three. Um, and this is probably the, the point in the game where you're like, okay, the Cowboys just went three and out and then they allowed this touchdown. Like, is this game going to get out of hand? Um, it's also two minutes left in the, in the second quarter. So we're about to go into halftime. We're down and the giants get the ball at half. So this could have gotten really out of control really quickly. Um, and this is where we start to see the Cowboys come to life. Um, so they go out, they get the touchback. Dak goes into two-minute mode. Um, he hits T-Dub for a 10-yard uh, completion on the first play from scrimmage and then uh, hits Dez for 11 yards. So Dez finally gets a completion. Um, he gives a short pass out of the backfield to Rod Smith for four yards. And then the man heard me talking my noise. Dez Bryant collects a nice little comeback route just sheds the corner. The guy just goes flopping into non-existence, just thrown into the abyss by the physicality of Des Bryant. Des takes off 50 yards later. He's in the end zone, throwing up the X. Bailey kicks the extra point. We're going into the half, 10-10. Excellent play by Bryant. Excellent throw by Dak. Um, this saved the team, not only in, in the scorebook, but for me emotionally and spiritually, this brought me back. Yeah, I think everyone everyone could agree with you on that. You know, we I highlighted at the end of last pod just how desperate this team has been for big plays. Um, in coming into this game, you know, I'd give me the twenty yard. You know, in the last four games, we'd only had like four plays over twenty yards um, on the whole season. I believe we had only had three plays at, or four plays at fifty yards as well. Um, and we had three this game, go for 50 or more. Uh, this was the first one and arguably the biggest one. Uh, yeah, like you said, I, I don't know what the Giants were thinking here. They decided to blitz Dak, which is okay. They, they you know, have given Dak trouble um, in both games last year against him um, in heavy blitz packages. The difference is, and we get on to Jason Garrett for doing this, uh, when you lose certain pieces of your of your team and personnel you have to adjust you don't have janoris jenkins out there locking up des bryant you have a guy who's a bum we just call him a bum i think they signed him off their practice squad so if your game plan is to leave him one-on-one with des bryant on a slant at the end of the half i don't know you're not only hoping he breaks the play up but that he somehow tackles des which he fails to do either so that was a beautiful throw by deck and a beautiful beautiful job uh, recognizing 
the blitz, but still, like I said, a couple puzzling decisions made by the Giants, and that was one of them. Uh, but still, dude, I love to see Des Bryant beast mode like that. Oh, and we haven't seen Des get a long run after the catch in a minute, so it was excellent, extra excellent. So we go into half, 10-10. Um, man, the third quarter was ugly, y'all, like across the board. Um, we can we can break it down as we go through it, but I'll go ahead and give you the uh, – this is, this is what the, the third quarter looked like. Punt, 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 missed field goal, punt, 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 punt. So both teams just looking like straight garbage. Um, the Giants came out right out of the half. They moved the ball 35 yards. Um, they got down to – they only got it to their own 47 and then had to punt. Uh, the Cowboys then proceeded to go out and collect five yards on three plays uh, and punt. The Giants then gained 27 yards to punt. Then the Cowboys moved the ball. They managed to move the ball. Um, 48 yards, a respectable drive. Um, a good combination of running the ball uh, and some some good passing by Dak. Um, we get all the way down to the 32. We line up for a 50-yard field goal. And again, it's a 50-yarder. So, you know, for anybody else, you'd be like, well, you know, you win some, you lose some. This one flat out. And it's another one where it looks good and then it drifts. Um, and at this point, people are definitely a little bit worried about Bailey. Um, so we'll, that'll be something we'll have to quietly watch going forward. Um, it didn't look like he was hurt. It didn't look like he was missing any range. Um, but the accuracy was definitely a question. Yeah, for sure. There's uh, there's really nothing else of, of significance in these, as you mentioned. I think it was eight drives where they punt four times, we punt three times and missed that field goal. Uh, you know, Dan Bailey's always been such an effective weapon because we know pretty much once we get into opponent territory, we have a better than not chance of making the field goal. I mean, statistically, he is the most accurate field goal kicker of all time, has pretty good range, you know, especially he's way better from inside 50, but he can hit, you know, 50 to 53 is clearly and certainly in his range. So, it was troubling to see it didn't look good and we just felt like we had a few missed opportunities so we roll in i don't know if you want anything to add to, to any of those drives go but no i was just going to roll into the fourth quarter but getting to the fourth yep. um the giants again go three and out and punt the cowboys get the ball back and do the same thing um and then it's the giants turn to go three and out and punt but i will mention a play on this particular three and out um on second and four from their own 26 they try to do an end around to sterling shepherd um and man this is a highlight that just goes to show you what Sean Lee can do to you. Um, if it looked like Shepard was going to get probably a first down and a lot more on this, um, Sean Lee just slices through all the intended blockers and blows this up in the backfield for a nine yard loss. Um, man, he's just a beast. He is a, an absolute beast. Um, we I mean, man, that, that makes it 13 and th or third and 13. Um, Manning hits a pass to Vereen that he gets pushed out of bounds for 10 yards, and so they've got to punt again. Um, so that drive was really just all Lee, like pretty much single-handedly pushing them back. Um, and then at this point, with nine and a half minutes to play in the fourth quarter, um, the Cowboys suddenly turned it on. Um, it, was, it was very weird. It was all of a sudden, and they, they became a totally different team. Um, Prescott goes out there. We get the ball on our own 18. Um, he gives the – he. Passes it short to our a fullback, Keith Smith, for three yards. Um, then Rod Smith gets a five-yard run. And then uh, 
Dak finds Cole Beasley uh, on a short pass. Beasley then weaves his way through the entire defense. Um, pretty much, I mean, I could be overstating here, but he he single-handedly one-on-one burns Landon Collins, who's an all-pro safety. Um, picks up 54 yards uh, and sets Dallas up for uh, you know a beautiful red zone possession. Um, and then first and 10 from the 20, old man Witt, uh, you know, go, doing something we don't see very often from Witten anymore, just going right up the seam. And Dak throws a perfect ball. Um, Witten catches it, and suddenly it's 17-10 Cowboys. Yeah, huge drive. Uh, we'd really been bowling. And uh, that play to Cole Beasley was was huge for many reasons. Also, Cole had not gone over 35 yards a game or in a game this season, which is just preposterous when you think about the type of impact he had uh, for this team last year. So that 54-yarder, his longest play of the season, obviously, uh, with an all-pro safety guarding him. And, uh, yeah, and then that throw to Witten was probably Dak's second-best throw of the day. Um, that was a dart uh, yeah, in coverage. Beautiful. Thrown right at the fingertips. And Witt does what Witt does, man. He he doesn't drop a thing. So uh, we finally so go up 17 I know, man. What are we? What are we gonna do when he's he's gone? But uh, pray that Rico gathers is the real deal. Gosh, maybe so. But I know. Yeah, I know. But I don't know, man. But it was good to see, man. A uh, huge drive from for Dallas and puts us back on top. Absolutely. So the the Giants get the ball back. They're gonna try to respond. Um, they moved the ball a little bit, um, but man, Demarcus Lawrence was great in the run game. Uh, I think he ended up with like a 91, 92. Uh, rating from Pro Football Focus, which, you know, take those numbers for what you do. People value that differently, but he looked great all day stuffing the run, putting some pressure on Eli, forcing some throws he wouldn't have otherwise wanted to make. Um, on second and six of the Dallas 44, Eli throws uh, a short pass to Lewis, and he gets stuck behind the line by Xavier Woods for a two-yard loss, which sets up a third and eight. Um, and that'd be all she wrote. They had to punt again. Uh, Dallas gets the ball back with four and a half minutes to play in the fourth quarter. Um, Morris goes for seven yards, and then Morris uh, gets stopped at the line. So we're now facing a third and three at our own 19. Uh, and then Dak sees something he likes. Um, they go to an empty set. Uh, Dak snaps the ball, looks the entire defense off to the left, and then comes back right. He's got a favorable matchup here between uh, Rod Smith and uh, one of the linebackers on the Giants. Um, he hits Rod with a good short pass, and Rod does the rest. Uh, 81 yards to the house. Um, this is the – correct me if I'm wrong here, Ben. This is the longest touchdown pass of Dak's short career. Yes, yes, I saw that. Uh, you are correct. Longest play of our season. Uh so yeah, I, it was it was huge, man. I mean, once again, you know, credit to a Dak for recognizing something uh, in coverage there, put it right in Rod Smith, and um, he just did the rest, as he said. Uh, gone. It was it was nice to see some big plays from his team. A lot of it coming yards after the catch. Uh, not a lot of these were you know chunk yards that we got through the air. Um, so it was good to see a few guys busting loose, man. We haven't we haven't seen much of that at all this season. Agreed. So the only bad part of this was uh, it only turned out 23-10 at this point because we got a missed extra point from Dan Bailey, which I wow. don't remember ever seeing that in my life. No, you've never seen it go. It's never happened. Uh, he was one of only two kickers 
I think it was him and Justin Tucker, who's also a stud, were the only two that had never missed an extra point, uh, at least, uh, you know, X number of extra points or something. Right. So, yeah, totally baffling. I don't know if those two field goals that he missed earlier were in his head or had the yips, but uh, you never see that from Dan Bailey. Very odd, very odd. Of course, at this point, you know, we're up by two scores, so there's less questions about it than there would be had we lost this game. Um, the Giants get the ball back, um, and they do get a nice short pass to Evan Ingram that he takes for 11 yards on the first play. Um, and then another, and then a short pass to Shane Vereen, uh, Sean Lee recording both of those tackles. Um, and then on the, on second and six from the Giants 24, uh, Eli Manning tries to throw a, a quick scr- a slant pattern uh, out there and, uh, Chidobe Awuzie, uh, just playing really good tight defense. He pops the ball up, probably, probably had a chance at an interception here. Um, but he pops the ball up. It falls right into Sean Lee's lap. Um, Sean Lee returns it for nine yards. And so suddenly the Cowboys who have just scored and are up 23 to 10, uh, are now taking over the giants 21. Um, they, and they capitalize yet again, uh, Alfred Morris, starts the it off by running for three yards. The Giants start taking timeouts. We're down to three minutes and 15 seconds at this point. Um, second and seven, Morris goes for three yards. They take timeout number two. And then on third and four from the 15, Rod Smith, uh, we do a nice pitch play to the outside, and Rod Smith finds the end zone yet again, um, makes it 30 to 10. And that would be all she wrote. There was one more Giants possession. Um, they moved the ball uh, just over 20 yards. Um, unfortunately for the Giants, when they tried a deep pass play on third and nine from their own 49, uh, Jeff Heath coming away with uh, an interception of Eli Manning. Um, interesting thing here, Ben. You know, there's a lot of chatter that this might be Eli Manning's last year in a Giants uniform. Could very well be. If, if the last pass that Eli Manning throws against the Cowboys is a Jeff Heath interception, that's among the funnier things that will ever happen. That would make in me so happy. Football. I would be yeah. so happy. I'd be so happy. So <laughs> the game ends 30 to 10. Um, Dak turns in probably his best day as a pro from a stats perspective. 20 of 30, 332, three touchdowns, no sacks, um, 87.7 QBR, 137.1 passer rating. Um the Cowboys got it done. You know, this wasn't a crazy rushing day for them. They only averaged 3.9 yards per carry. Um, 122 total, only one rushing touchdown. Uh, most of that coming from uh, Rod Smith, who got six carries for 47 yards. He only got, came up with 62 yards on 19 carries, but he got it in the right places, obviously, because it definitely didn't feel like he was ineffective. Um, Receiving-wise? No, he, uh, had one of those, he had one of those very Zeke-esque lines where – Early in the year, you'd look and Zeke would have 25 carries for 84 yards. And you'd be like, well, yeah, okay. Like, he was still it good. Worked. It's like, you know, yeah. Le'Veon Bell is averaging like three points something to carry, but you can't deny his impact. So, yeah, I'm not putting him in the same breath as those guys. I'm just saying it, it felt effective. You know, we, we were able to control the clock, um, convert some third downs as well, and, and get some big splash plays. I mean, this game looks way more lopsided than it probably should. Or could. I mean, you could argue Dallas scores early if Dez doesn't drop that touchdown. You know, maybe we would have gotten yeah, this. This could have easily been a 40-point game uh, for the Cowboys if, if Bailey hits his field goals and extra points and Dez doesn't drop that touchdown. 
Um, you know, we're looking at 40 plus. Um, but still, you're talking about a 10 10 game with eight minutes left. Uh, yeah, so absolutely. 20. That's, that's incredible, especially because Dallas has had fourth quarter woes this year. Yeah, um, most definitely. Um, receiving wise, we had four receivers with a with a reception of twenty yards or more. Um, Rod Smith with the eighty-one yarder, Dez with a fifty-yarder, Cole Beasley with a fifty-four yarder, and Jason Witten's twenty-yard touchdown pass. Um, just a really, really great performance uh, in the latter half of the game for these guys. Um, and the defense, you know, effectively really limited the Giants. Um, you know, the Giants were Eli Manning was forced to throw forty-six times. Um, he only came away with 228 yards. He had the one touchdown, uh, but uh, two interceptions, a 52 QBR, and a 68 passer rating. Um, I think that the average per attempt really tells the tale. Eli with a five, Dak with an 11.1. Um, just a really excellent game from Dak. Um, I really wish Des would have caught that touchdown because Dak played like a four-touchdown guy on Sunday. Yeah, you know, he he's definitely struggled the last month. It's well documented, well discussed, but you have to give him props in this one. Uh the Giants aren't good. I know that. They're not a very good team, but still uh he he was incredible today. You know, didn't get sacked. I love to see what the O-line can do. You know, when when Dak is is protected, um he's much more comfortable. I mean, what quarterback isn't, but certainly some of the problem with this losing streak we we're on in mid-November was he was getting smashed every other play. It felt like, yeah, and Absolutely. he barely got hit today. So, uh, yeah, they actually had the ball longer than we did. But as you said, uh, even average yards per play, they were at four point four. We were at seven point four. So we just moved a we moved a little better. We had more splash plays in the end. Um, Could have even been bigger, but uh, overall, you know. A 20-point win on the road in December you're going to take. Yeah, and I'll highlight some players that I, I wanted to, to make sure get some love. Um, we already it. mentioned Sean Lee, um, but we had three guys on defense who turned in great, great games. Well, four. I'll, I'll mention four. Um, Sean Lee had 18 total tackles. Hitchens had 14. Jeff Heath had 11. Um, those guys combined for uh, three passes defensed, uh, two interceptions, and uh, one and a half tackles for loss. Um, Demarcus Lawrence, you know, his stat line doesn't look as as crazy as his impact was. He had four tackles, two QB hits, but he had consistent pressure on Eli on several plays. He was uh, crazy good at the in the run stopping aspect of the game. Um, and Rod Smith, obviously, just this is the best game of Rod's career by a significant margin, putting up you know 160 yards. Uh, all-purpose, two touchdowns. Um, he was not something that this that this Giants team was prepared for, uh, and it was really really awesome to see. Uh, you know him. He's Jalen Smith's brother, so he's probably, you know, somewhat lived in Jalen's shadow a little bit through all the hype that Jalen has gotten. Um, and Jalen is quietly putting together a, a good back half of the season. But to see Rod have a breakout game like this was really really awesome. Uh, yeah. I also not want to give some that, he was uh he was uh Zeke's backup at Ohio State and one of the reasons why Zeke and Jalen Smith are very cool. But uh, uh if you saw Zeke uh, tweeting about it, I guess his nickname's Booby uh you know from uh what is that Friday Night Lights? Yeah, Booby Miles. Booby Miles, he wanna win, put Booby in. So That's I don't know awesome. how you feel about your star running back who's suspended for alleged sexual assault or oh physical assault, sorry. 
um, tweeting out booby, but ah, you know, whatever. Hey, it was uh, context is important. Um, the other right. thing I'll say, uh, man, Lel Collins has quietly become a very good player as well. Um, last week against Ryan Kerrigan, this week against Olivier Vernon and Jason Pierre-Paul. Um, he's, he's kept Dak clean these last two weeks. He's done a good job. He's had some very good plays on film where he's making really great blocks. He's keeping Dak clean. He's doing it in a way that's not drawing penalties. Um, Lael has, has earned his place on this line, and uh, that's awesome to see for sure. Yeah, the whole line has really played well as of late. Um, and it's been, I mean, it's the strength of this team. You know, it's the best unit of on the team, the best probably unit you could say in the NFL, if not, uh, certainly one, certainly arguable. Uh, they've struggled at different times, especially with Tyrone Smith being out. Um, I didn't hear his name called once goat for hold or false start or anything. Um, and when you got Olivier Vernon going to get you on the other side, that was, uh, that was nice, man. I mean, they, they, they've just played – when they play well, this whole team is is much different beast. And I think a lot of what we attributed to Zeke being out, and that was certainly a factor, was also this O-line just not playing up to its potential. So, anyway, uh, I loved it, man. It was, uh, it was a thrashing in the end. Uh, I love beating the Giants. I didn't even mind the blue top, white bottom scheme that we decided yeah, that to roll good. out. That looks good. Um, and so, like we mentioned at the beginning of the show, you know, for one more week, the Cowboys' playoff hopes are alive. Um, it is now – If ever so barely. It is It is a candle in the darkness, um, and it is not all up to the Cowboys. So, at this point, the Cowboys' minimum requirement is uh, they have to win out. Um, that's just – the the bare minimum right. of what we, needs to happen. We've kind of – we've known that for a while. Um, right. In theory, there was um, – chances for that but uh you want to you want to do anything more in this post game you want to jump right into playoff picture yeah let's let's jump into the playoffs you know a lot a lot of stuff shook up this last week um you know a big uh, you know all eyes were on the eagles um as they were playing a, a pretty tough game um coming off of a loss to seattle um and they did manage to pull it out and beat the rams uh, which was certainly impressive however uh it came at great cost as uh mvp candidate and uh, first round pick Wonderkin Carson Wentz tore his ACL. Um, he is done for the year, probably into next year. And uh, the Eagles fan base has had to uh, fall back in love with old flame Nick Foles, which has been um, interesting to follow on the internet, to say the least. Dude, uh, apparently, care. Nick Foles is, is amazing. I don't care how badly they try and convince themselves that it's okay. We've been there with Romo. I've gone through the signs. Eagle fans, if if, if you need to know how to react to this, you can reach out to me. I know you're going through the little denial phase right now. Like, <laughs> you know, ah, man, we'll, you're we'll bargaining. be okay. Oh, man, but like Wentz was really good in 2014 with way different players and a different coaching staff. Like, I mean, uh, sorry, Foles. Well, and like, like, I, like, I told seven you night, okay. like I told you the other night, they have to make a choice in their head because they can't hold these two disparate thoughts at the same time. Either – they're they're gonna be just fine, and Foles is they're gonna be totally chill with Foles. In which case, Carson Wentz isn't that good. If this team can do exactly as well without him as they can with him, he's not the MVP. He's not that valuable, obviously. Or Carson Wentz is that good, and you're fucked, and your season is over. Dude, I'm leaning towards the latter. the latter. 
It is the latter. Yeah. I there's uh, uh, there's zero chance that Nick Foles leads them to a Super Bowl. I'm willing to go. I'm that? willing to make okay, any bet this, anybody wants that Nick Foles that they're. I'm almost willing to bet they'll be one and done if they sneak out a playoff win for some fluky defensive touchdowns, maybe. Uh, How about they, they lose first through. round, but Nick Foles in every game they play throws six touchdown passes, and so even though they lose that first round game, they're still like, oh man, maybe we should have Foles instead of Carson Wentz, and they fucking trade Carson Wentz in the off season. Dude, I love your optimism. There's there's no chance Nick Foles those six touchdowns the rest of this season. I- well, he's thrown seven in a game, and then they traded him because they wanted to let Mike Vick shine. So it wouldn't surprise me if you can't if you can't score with Jeff Fisher as your head coach, man. Then oh. You're doing something wrong because that Offensive guy, wizard Jeff Fisher. Now, just because every quarterback he coached last year has done significantly better without him, doesn't mean shit. It means Jeff Fisher was planting the seeds, goat. Ben, I'd like to see you even try to be as average as Jeff Fisher. No one can go eight and eight as well as Jeff Fisher. Jason Garrett has put together a pretty good resume of going eight and eight. He still can't hold Jeff Fisher's jock strap on going eight and eight. He's the king of eight and eight. Yeah. I mean, you just can't you can't beat that seven and nine bullshit, you know. Jeff Fisher doesn't put up with it. Agreed. Agreed. So that is the the Eagles situation. As far as the Cowboys go, there are a couple scenarios where your Dallas Cowboys do, in fact, make the playoffs. Yeah, go, let me um, do. Uh, I want to give a slight, slight uh, uh, recap here. Yeah, um, give me the breakdown, Ben. So, obviously, the Cowboys won, which has to happen. We have to win out. There's really no scenario that exists, especially now where we make the playoffs with nine wins. So we did our part. So let's let's look to our partners uh, around the NFC. Saints Falcons played Thursday. Um, we needed the Saints to win. They're division leaders, and the Falcons obviously have a tiebreaker over us. That did not happen, Goat. The Falcons win in 2017. I was in Atlanta. It was not tied. It was not tight. Then the Packers, who you're tied with, played the Brownies. Now, the Browns were 0 12 heading this game. No one had much, but they did walk into the fourth quarter with a 21 to 7 lead. Surely they held on to that, right, Goat? Oh, this is Cleveland we're talking about. No lead is safe. So, of course, Brett Hundley leads a touchdown drive to tie the game up in the final seconds and then a touchdown drive to win the game in overtime. So the Packers win. Well, at least no one on Cleveland took to Twitter to talk mad shit, even though they lost a game in that embarrassing fashion. Right, Ben? Right? Right. You know, Josh Gordon's a changed man. Just ask any Browns fan. (laughs) Uh, okay, so now so, we, now we, we look to yeah we got Panthers, the we got the Bucks Lions right okay oh, you yeah, go there yeah. so yeah so so Panthers Vikings is is um last week so the Vikings ten and two number one seed in the NFC um surely they got this you know the Panthers are a fluky team though you never know uh well the Panthers went out and ran all over a defense that no one's been over to, able to run on, um, including Cam Newton busting off what was basically the 70-yard game sealer at the end. So the Panthers win 31-24. So that didn't go your way. 
But okay, the Lions, they're playing the Bucks. Surely the little lowly Lions won't find a way to win. Um, I think this game goes to overtime. If it didn't, maybe a game-winning field goal. The Buccaneers come storming back, 21-21 in the fourth. And uh, they're going to do it, right? They're almost there. <sighs> but no. You know how I feel. You know how I feel about the Buccaneers, Ben. Stupid cucks, snowflakes. Dude, they they blow it, and the Lions G- win 24-21. La- Lamus Winston, 4-9, a.k.a. Josh Freeman, part two. Mark my words, Bucks fans. Pull the ejector seat on this shit now. You've I been promise saying that, you. You've been saying that. I, I, I'm selling my Jameis Winston stock. That is for sure. I will say, though, to be fair to the Bucks, Marcus Mariota is a total bum. Agreed. And They're both bums. They're both be bums. He would have been screwed either way. So, Agreed. Um, that's just some fantasy frustration. But basically, what I'm getting at is every single team we needed to lose. Goat won. So even though we won, we're really in no better shape. Um, and so now we are in a, an interesting situation. So the, there are two scenarios that I will highlight where the Cowboys can make the playoffs. So. The first kind of hinge moment is this Packers-Panthers game that's coming up. Um, Some people are saying, oh, we want the Packers to win. Some are saying, oh, we want the Panthers to win. I can tell you that there is a way for the Cowboys to make the playoffs no matter which one of these teams triumphs. So provided the Packers win, we are looking at the need for a New Orleans loss, a Detroit loss, and an Atlanta loss as well, or is it two? I believe Atlanta needs to lose twice, but Atlanta plays the Saints again and the Panthers again, so somebody's going to have to lose between them. So we pretty much need, yeah. So okay, let me. Let me I, I didn't have my my situations in front of me. Now I do. Okay, go for it. So if the Packers do beat the Panthers, we need the Packers to lose to the Vikings. We need the Lions to lose to the Packers or the Bears. And then we need the Falcons to lose to the Saints. If that happens and we win, Dallas is in, sixth seed. If the Panthers beat Green Bay, then we need the Lions to lose to either the Packers or the Bears, and we need the Falcons to lose to the Saints and the Panthers. So... Hmm. Part of me thinks, hey, let's let the Packers, let's hope the Packers beat the Panthers and then lose to the Vikings. And then hopefully the Lions will lose to the Packers once they have Aaron Rodgers back. And that the Dude, that Saints a, will be able to not suck it up and lose to the Falcons. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of scenarios. You know, we need help, unfortunately. Uh, but it's not. Completely unreasonable. The one game that did go our way this weekend was Jacksonville beat Seattle. Um, now, Seattle plays the Rams. We need the Rams to beat Seattle. Um, but we control our own fate, really, because we play Seattle. So even if the Rams lose to Seattle and we beat Seattle, we'll still get a wild card in over them. The only way we really get screwed, is my understanding, goes is if the Rams have a bad losing streak and somehow the Seahawks win that division because then the Rams 
have a tiebreaker on us. Yeah. So, ideally, the Rams knock out the Seahawks. I mean, we have to beat them anyway, but so we can knock out the Seahawks. But ideally, the Rams win. I think if they win this one, they pretty much have the division sewed up, and they're nothing to worry about. Um. I saw on or heard on the radio goat. And I don't know if you have uh, ESPNs, what do they call like FPI numbers in front of you, that they give us a four percent chance to make the playoffs. But if we win out, they give us a forty percent, or maybe it's sixty. I forget what the. It's 40. very possible. It's very so. possible. We're playing the Raiders this week. The Raiders are, for lack of a better word, they're a huge disappointment. They're playing really terribly. Derek Carr looks very bad. Um, they have some guys. They definitely have some guys that can hurt you. Khalil Mack can definitely hurt you. Um, Michael Crabtree uh, is a, a god and a legend, uh, and he can hurt you. Uh, ask Earl Thomas if, if Michael Crabtree can break your dreams and ruin your season. Um, but we can beat the Raiders. Uh, then we play Seattle. We play, get to play Seattle in Dallas, which is good. Uh, Seattle at home is uh, a totally different animal. Yeah, let's say this. This is not good because we're a good home team. This is good because Seattle in Seattle in November and December is basically impervious at this point. So agreed. Yeah, it's good. It's good we're getting them coming our way. They're really beat up. I, I keep waiting for that shoe to drop for them. Um, I know they lost this weekend, but Jacksonville, surprisingly, folks, if you aren't paying attention, is pretty good. Yeah. Um they are probably going to the playoffs and may even get a first round bye if they beat New England later. Or I don't know. I saw something like that, but, but regardless, um, that's a good team. Seattle, they have nobody in their secondary. I mean, we can get to their game when we play them go, but I just keep waiting for that team to fall apart. The fact that they're still in it is really just a testament to how good Russell Wilson's played this season. He's quite good. Um, so we're going to have to play Seattle. And then it will come down to us versus Philadelphia, um, the Carson Wentzless Philadelphia Eagles. Um, you know, the caveat to all of this is that this game we're playing uh, this weekend against the Oakland Raiders is the last Zekeless game on the schedule. Um, once Seattle comes to town, they're going to have to play against a full strength, full health, Totally past all the trouble waters, Dallas Cowboy team that could potentially be on a three-game win streak. Um, so Ben, is there anything else you want to talk about playoff-wise, or should we get right into profiling Dallas versus Oakland? No, I mean that's it. Um, like I said, we'll we'll we'll, we'll try and tweet out that uh, scenario you need, but uh, focus first on ourselves winning. So let's uh, let's go ahead and jump into uh, the Oakland Raiders who come into town. Right on. So we're playing the Raiders. Um, this has been a very disappointing team this year. They were they had high Super Bowl hopes. Um, they opened as three point underdogs uh, to I'm the sorry, Cowboys. We go to Oakland. My fault. No, to Oakland. I'm sorry. Um, they're three point underdogs to the Cowboys. Uh, they're six and seven right now. Um, you know, Carr has not looked himself. Um, he's got fewer touchdowns than Dak. He's got a 52 QBR. Um, Zeke has missed five games this season and has almost 200 more yards than their leading running back. And their leading wide receiver is Jared Cook, the tight end, who, and he has 621 yards and two touchdowns. Um, they are in the bottom. Uh, they're 20th or worse in rushing yards, points for, and points against. 
Um, the only major stat that they are in the top 15 is passing yards, uh, and they are 15th at 237.8 per game. Um, they're coming off of a loss, an 11-point loss to the Chiefs, uh, a team that Dallas throttled a couple weeks ago. Um, they had, did beat the Giants. They did beat the Broncos. They got laced by the Patriots. Um, they beat the Dolphins in a squeaker, and they got murdered by the Bills. Those are their last six games. Um, so this team is, has beat – I'm not even going to say they've really killed anyone. They've beat by one, really by one score or less, um, some very bad teams, and they've gotten killed by some average to good teams. Um, so I'm going to say that if the Cowboys play their game and we see the same Cowboys team we saw in the fourth quarter against the Giants, we can beat this team pretty handily. What are your thoughts? Yeah, that was well well summarized. Um, Oakland, like Dallas, was a big Super Bowl favorite um, coming in, or, or one of the trendy picks. Um, they were twelve and four last year, and really looked just as every bit as good as we did. Honestly, um, looked like Derek Carr was the real deal. He was on some early MVP talk last year. He has looked nothing like that this year. And they added they, talent, like the, the team that went twelve and four added Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they drafted, uh, you know, a couple defensive players who were supposed to. They're like us. They didn't have a great defense. Um, they drafted three defensive players in the first three rounds. Really has not made a difference. Uh, they've been, I think, they're the worst team right now um, on passing yards. They they're they're gonna break some record for I think the best QB rating quarterbacks combined against them or some shit like that. But essentially, they've been just miserable on defense. I fully expect we can exploit that um, through the air and the ground. There's not really a single player worth mentioning on their entire D outside of Khalil Mack, um, which he's a stud. He's, you know, think Demarcus Lawrence, Cowboys fans. He's he's that good. I mean, he he's certainly um, a guy who can, you know, get to the quarterback and, and force a turnover maybe, but – I'm not really scared of anything else um, defensively. Offensively, um, Amari Cooper's had a terrible season. He's regressed, and he's going to likely be out this week anyway, Goat, with an injury. Yep. Um, Marshawn Lynch is 30-something. He's had some he's had some okay games, but overall, their run game has been really suspect. Um, as you said, when a tight end is leading your team in receiving yards, that's usually not a good sign, in my opinion, that you're a good passing team, unless that – you know, a Gronk level guy. So yeah, and there's three. The Cowboys have three players on defense who would be the leading tackler on this on the Raiders. Um, and Sean Lee is only one tackle behind their leading tackler, and Sean Lee has missed significant time this year. Um, so it's it's a bad. It's a they, they look very hurt. They look very bad. Um, they have not you know put up the numbers people thought they would. Um, you know, Khalil Mack's got eight and a half sacks, which is pretty decent. Bruce Irvin's got seven and a half. Um, those are those are good. Obviously, uh, combined, they you know they're hovering around where Demarcus Lawrence is uh, league leader. Not a big deal. Uh, not trying to brag, but it is what it is. Um, <laughs> you know, we've got uh, you know I think that we've got significant talent advantages uh, at just about every position on this team, except for maybe uh, Khalil Mack and Bruce Irvin will, would be a little bit better than our guys but um you know at this point the way they've played all year um 
you know, you kind of have to take, uh, you know, our, our set against theirs. Um, it'll be interesting to see if that what I'm worried about here, Ben is honestly, is just like, we know these guys are talented. Um, we know they can play well. We've seen them play well. And so it's just one of those things where you're always just like waiting to see, like, will they just randomly come out one day and beat someone? Will it be the Cowboys? Um, so right, and it'll it's, be interesting. It's, it'll be a Sunday night home game um, for them. So the crowd, you know, will be. I'm sure they'll be in the all blacks um, crowd in in Oakland. Well, can get pretty pretty rowdy. Goat. They have a reputation. So you never know. And from that aspect, like you said, they they still have some talent here. Um, our boy Michael Crabtree, of course, is is leading their team with six TDs. He's missed, I think, two or th- two games this year. So. His numbers are a little down, um, but they still have guys who can beat you. Uh, but like you said, we have to we you have to look at this and think the Cowboys have the advantage. So, absolutely, I totally agree with you. So, given given that, Ben, do you have a prediction? Yeah, you know, I look at uh, I look at these numbers and I look at uh, you know these these players on Oakland. I just think, you know, Sunday night in Oakland, they probably are feeling good about themselves. They'll probably come out and, you know, put up uh, 27 points, beat a, beat a Cowboys team 27 to 20, and uh, we'll be sad. Nice, nice. I, uh, I, I assume this is based on your previous predictions and how those have fared. Uh, yes, it's uh, – there, there might be something to that, you know. I can't, I can't really comment on that goat on, on an ongoing trend. We'll just say, uh, you know, maybe I got a lot of faith in that picking Oakland might, uh, might do good. Let's uh, we'll totally say. agree with you. I totally agree with you. I'm going to. Uh, so I've, I made a comment earlier to you that my predictions the last couple of weeks have been pretty, pretty accurate. I've been liking how close I've gotten. I was dead on on the Redskins game, um, or no, on the Chargers game. And then uh, I was pretty close on the Redskins game. We blew them out a little more than I thought we would. Um, I was close on the Giants. So the Raiders are an interesting case. Um, you know, I think that they've – I think the threat with them is their ability to to cause havoc for the Cowboys' offense more than I'm scared of their offense. Um, but I saw Dak play really well. Um, I think him and Dez are starting to sync up a little more. Uh, Alf is really hitting his stride. Um, you know, I, and I think the Cowboys are on a roll. Um, so I'm, I'm going to pr- go ahead and project that this one is going to be a Cowboys win. I'm projecting 27 to 10 Dallas Cowboys. All right. That's what I like to hear, Goat. So hopefully I am correct. And that is, uh, that is one, that is one streak we definitely want to keep alive. Um, obviously, We'll have a lot of uh, we'll have all eyes on some other games on Sunday, um, and we will definitely be tweeting out the results of said games and how that affects the Cowboys' playoff chances. It should be make for a very very interesting Sunday. Yeah, it should. Um, I uh, I uh, I got a lot of a lot of uh, reason to believe in this team still. So. Um, all you can be thankful for is that uh, a couple weeks ago we looked completely out of it, and uh, we still have meaningful games late in December. Um, let's hope that continues and that that Seattle game with Zeke back means something. 
And uh, if it does, dude, I, I think you'll see a Cowboy team that's really lit um, and really ready to rock. And like we said earlier in previous episodes, do not let this Cowboys team sneak into the playoffs. If they are healthy and have Zeke back and rested, woo, you're going to be doing damage. Don't do it to yourselves. Damage. Don't do it to yourselves. Cowboys on a six-game streak and healthy and with fresh legs, Zeke. Oh, and all these Ooh. other teams trending downward. Seattle trending, trending downward. downward. Philly trending Cowboys downward. Like Bitcoin. Ooh. Cowboys like Bitcoin. We blowing up. That's right, dude. We getting rich out here. Our stock's rising, son. Stock's rising, son. All right. Well, that is all I had for this evening. Ben, do you have any final thoughts? I do not, sir. Um, I will just say uh, we will be back every Tuesday. So uh, thank you again for listening. Go ahead and subscribe. Holler at the Twitter. Um, and, uh, you know, leave us uh, leave us any feedback. Absolutely. We love hearing from any and everyone that listens. Um, it's what makes doing the podcast so fun. So, as always, uh, this has been Boys Will Be Boys. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Andy Catelli. Benjamin Walker. Signing off. Take it easy. Peace.